I am here with Sarah Kyes. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. Psyched to be here. We've got, yeah, Sarah and I met, I don't know how we met. We met through the running world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure, actually. You don't actually, remember? no, I do remember the first time that I met you was um, with, well, I remembered Squall, I think, more than you, to be honest. <laughs> when I was at the Backcountry Ski Fest with um, Sportiva, and uh, I was just there, like, as a, actually, as a tech rep with the boots, I think, because Doug couldn't go. <laughs> so out of place. And, I know. I know. I was like, all right, great. Yeah. And it was like, um, when does that take place? And is it a holiday weekend or something? Nah, it's in the winter. I don't know. But I remember it was at Ragged, right? It's like, that's where we set up at Ragged, I think. Yes. The, um, yeah. And I remember I camped, like I slept in my truck the night before, like I drove over that night, slept in my truck and then was like kind of out of sorts the whole weekend, but it was fine. <laughs> I would, I, yeah, I didn't think, I would never have thought that that was, we met <laughs> in the winter time. Although that's another thing we can get into later, but Sarah sure. is... I guess if I'm going to give you a resume, uh, no particular order, you're a nurse, a coach, race director, professional runner, and then retail worker <laughs> as well. We were talking yep. about that too, mm -hmm. but um, you always seem to stay really busy and have a lot of stuff going on. And I'm sure in this past past few months, you've found a way to stay probably even more busy working, working nurse shifts and making up some yeah. fun runs and whatever else what um what have you been doing the past few months yeah I guess uh you know I, I like to say to folks like my schedule didn't change with COVID at all really except for probably becoming busier with more nursing shifts um you know luckily where I live in the Adirondacks our uh cases have been very low in the hospital as well we've only had two positive inpatient cases where I work so that's amazing um but I've been scheduled. I work per diem, you know, because it works well with my calendar and my schedule. But I uh, was scheduled extra in case things got out of, you know, blew up here, but they never did. So I've um, been working a little, working as a coach quite a bit, um, trying to engage athletes. You know, we find right now everybody's kind of, you know, unmotivated, no races to be had. Um, so trying to really keep people you know, excited to get out and go running, you know, and if they're not, that's okay too, actually trying to like think about why we run in the first place. Um, you know, besides that, I'm trying to train on my own for some cool projects and planning stuff. Um, and you know, for me, I really just love running to run and spend time in the mountains. So I don't really mind not having a race on my calendar <laughs> to prepare for. I enjoy just training to train, I guess. Yeah, it seems like this is the summer. Everyone's races get canceled. All your athletes' races get canceled. But there's still plenty of ways to, I think, find motivation and work mm -hmm. on becoming the best. You know, this is running focused podcast, but I think athletes in mm -hmm. general, being well rounded, you know, doing some cross training. But what, um, what have some of your athletes done to refocus or how have you dealt with that? And what have you seen, I guess, across all your athletes? What's the trend for training? Sure. Um, so, you know, we've tried to refocus on other personal projects that people wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, I have an athlete who is right currently attempting a hundred mile week, you know, as, as a cool goal that she wanted to do. Um, 
Some folks are planning on FKTs. Some folks have rerun a course they've run in the past that maybe they were signed up for, you know, something local um, that they know the route very well and they have friends that could crew them. And so they attempt to, you know, see if they get a better time, you know, because it's a um, well-established route. Uh, Some people, I think, you know, and with the state of the country and everything that's happening right now, you know, I certainly have some athletes that are like, you know, it just doesn't feel like running is important right now comparatively to some of the other stuff that's going on, um, which I totally understand and get to. And I think, though, um, one of someone told me once that, you know, so you can't help other people until you help yourself, like put your air mask on on the airplane before you put somebody else's on. <laughs> so for me, running is that air mask. It helps me to be a better person. It makes me feel like I'm taking care of myself to get out running. And I think a lot of my athletes feel that same way that running is their kind of self-care and, um, then they feel like they can give back to the community in a different way after they've done their own running or training or, you know, whatever makes them feel, feel better. Um, but it's a tough thing. I mean, motivation, you know, especially right now, luckily we're having really great weather, but you know, it's like, it's tough if there's nothing on the horizon to train for. People certainly are getting, um, you know, a little lackluster about stuff. But try to, yeah, reinvigorate it somehow. And you've seen it go both ways, both ends of the spectrum, undertraining, lack of motivation to overtraining all this free time as certainly. well. Yeah. Are some of your athletes doing that? I do have some that <laughs> are... Over, yeah, like I wouldn't say overtraining, but they find they have extra time to like, because there's so many challenges out there right now. Like, for example, um, you know, there was like the uh, vertical challenge that Aravipa put on. There's been some, um, you know, race challenges. So people have jumped into those um, without really thinking about it too much, thinking, oh, I have all this extra time. But stress, you know, the body does not know how to interpret workout stress versus life stress and work stress, like cortisol is cortisol. Um, so we try to talk about that and the fact that, you know, your body needs time to recover regardless. So if you're stressed out just from life and like what's happening and maybe some people have more work piled on because they're working at home with kids and family and other responsibilities. Um, and so they have found, you know, they're trying to keep up their running and we've actually toned down their, their training because there's just too much happening at one time um you know the yeah stress is stress and your body needs time to recover from whatever type it is um but yeah so i would say most people are they're doing okay with it you know a lot of my athletes use running as their stress release so um we're trying to keep it under control but allow them to kind of have the freedom right now without a race on the calendar to to use it in whatever way they want i guess i like that idea of revisiting yeah. why we run and try and without a race i think yeah you can't hide your training and your yeah. running as like i'm training for a race and you're like well what's what's the big picture here and i i'm fully on board with running as a way of taking care of yourself first and taking mm-hmm. care of your health and it's all these bigger issues how do you take care of them if you're not in a good place or if you put that yeah. stuff on the back burner you're really doing yourself a disservice i think we can all make time to do to get out whether it's running or not yeah. it's like it's part of being healthy humans and we don't you know if you stop doing this you're going to fall and it, you're going to it's going to negatively affect you some way whether it's your attitude or your physical health right 
Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, just getting out, like, I don't ever decide that something feels bad until I'm like 10 minutes into it, at least, you know, it depends on what I'm doing, but you know, it's like, I'm going to go out. I don't really want to, I'm going to go out at least for 10 to 20 minutes. And most times I'm going to, you know, I decide to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly you, if, I if, think it, I think it's 20 minutes for me. And then yeah. if it's like, yeah, it's too gross. It's like some of this weather we've had up here that's been so humid. I just call it. You're like, I'm not going to benefit from this. I'm going to be up. I'm going to be just unhappy, unpleasant this run. I think right. I'd be better off just going home and putting the legs up and doing something else. Yeah, I think, you know, certainly like I think across the country, we've all been dealing with the heat these, you know, last like week and a half, two weeks. Um and that, yeah, that too, I've told the athletes, you know, if you find, like, I have an athlete in Arizona where it's like in the high 100s and, you know, she can't run in that. There's just no way. So, um, that's okay. You know, you got to kind of like go with your environment and what you have to deal with. And, um, yeah, it's tough. I think, um, getting out, you know, like, certainly for me, I've had to readjust my outlook on like what training is. And if I'm headed to the mountains, like I'm happy with just being outside and in the mountains and kind of away for a few hours. It doesn't have to be that I'm going really hard. You know, I don't have to be like PRing. I don't have to be, um, necessarily like doing it for a certain like workout aspect. I just like to be out there and that's, you know, where my running and mountain running came from to begin with. Um, so I've tried to think about it that way too and find a lot of like, I find a lot of comfort in the mountains here cause I know them quite well. So for me, it's like a familiar place too. So I should mention you're down in the Adirondacks. You're based out of Saranac Lake region. Mm -hmm. And I, I suppose I should talk a little bit about your running resume that you really got into the ultra stuff and what, like 2000, I did a little dive 2014 <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah. I, I'd say like I saw a bunch of results on ultra sign up and you've done everything really from the 50 K to hundred milers really well. Right. Like you'd say that that's, and you do shorter Thanks, races yeah. too, but I think in the ultra world, like, yeah, that's the, that's yeah. your bread, bread and butter. And especially more mountain like terrain you do. I mean, I guess yeah. you probably do pretty well in everything, but you love the mountains, right? Yeah. That's my, that's my preferred, I guess. Like I got into sky running before I did, the like longer distant ultras for sure. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I guess in your little, in your, in your running history, what, what do you think, what would you say you're most proud of? We talk about results, race results or FKTs. Cause you've held some really, some, I don't know, some high, highly regarded FKTs as well as you've had incredibly good results. And I know that they you could probably separate them, but if you had to lump them all together, give me some standouts that you're most proud of? Uh, I mean, certainly. So I don't know if folks aren't familiar with the Adirondacks, you know, they're similar to the whites a little bit, but they're um, a little more like we have more tree coverage. And so more roots, I think up high, you guys are so rocky. Um, but so the great range is like our iconic, like Prezi Traverse trail, basically, you know? And uh, so I had the women's FKT on that for a number of years, actually. I established it in 2015 and it held until last year. Um, so one of my big goals for this year is to go back for it again <laughs> and to lower it, um, hopefully under six hours for the women. Um, we'll see, that, that's a tall order, but. Wait, wait, so how do you feel, what is your initial reaction when someone takes over one of your FKTs? Is there a competitive okay side it. of you that like can't deal? Oh, definitely. 
<laughs> I can deal, you know, like, but it definitely, um, I'm definitely competitive in that way. You know, I think the whole point of establishing those routes on NFKTs is because it's something that's, um, it's challenging, but it's remarkable and it's something to be shared kind of, you know, it's like, I don't see the point of necessarily holding an FKT forever. Cause what's the, what's the point of that? I think it's much more fun, you know, like, like the Prezi Traverse, there's a lot of going back and forth between the men in the record. And, um, so I'd like to see that happen for women too. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of, um, like really strong mountain runners in the Northeast that could, you know, put up really good times. And I think they should, um, it's challenging, but it's, uh, I think it's definitely would be a fun competition to have, you know, because what's the what's the line where someone beats your record so much that it just you're just like, all right, well, I'm I'm going to give this one up. I mean, I, you can always go back and try to better your record or, or you yeah. know, look at it with a different perspective, whether you try to get a top three when things get so competitive that getting like sure. a top 10 is like a huge honor. And I, we'll get yeah. there at some point for yeah, some I of these so elite, elite um, people. Yeah, I think that. And I think that's okay. And I think it's like, so I'm 35 now, you know, so it's also like, I've been thinking about my age and where I am in, in a, as a competitive ultra runner and athlete. Um, and yeah, I mean, right. We all age, you know, we all kind of like, right. Surpass a point where like, yeah, I guess I'm not going to be able to get that record back, you know, like that'll happen, <laughs> but I'm not there yet. Um, but it, you know, it's like, I actually, used to try and well still try to beat my own age in minutes up cascade which is like one of the high peaks here that everybody hikes it's one of like the most accessible ones it's only a little over two miles to the summit so i've always tried to beat my age in number in minutes to the top so as i get older i'm like well that's a good thing i guess <laughs> as as my age goes up i can more easily beat you know my my time but um yeah i think i think records are meant to be broken I think that's why they're there, you know. That's a good outlook. I, I I don't know. I just, if somebody on Strava, someone takes a segment, the first thing I think about is like, when can I go back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do get that. I have that, that urge too, but I also think it's a... Uh, there's yeah, a maturity, there's a maturity part about it too and seeing the big picture. Sure. Yeah. I agree. In the uh, community, you're right. Like, yeah. What's um, on the coaching side of things... So mm -hmm. what's like, what's the coaching trend for you this year? Something new that you've incorporated or, um, because you started coaching full time, well, almost full time. It seems like last year. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I will talk about coaching a little bit and how that's became part of your life. And then what you've learned and what you bring a little differently probably than your past coaches brought you. Sure. Um, so I started coaching full-time. I, I broke my ankle last March, so March of 2019. And I had started coaching prior to that. Um, but I, when I broke my ankle, I couldn't work at the hospital. You know, I wasn't, I was non-weight bearing for seven weeks or something on my ankle. So I couldn't, you know, do much of anything except sit at home. So I started coaching full-time, uh, which I loved because it allowed me to be part of the community of running without you know, going to races and, and running myself and, um, have really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a, uh, pretty rewarding career path to be part, like 
be a part of these people's journeys and see them succeed is amazing. It's also very difficult um, when people, you know, people get injured and things happen. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, I feel for them because I know exactly what it feels like to not be able to participate and not be able to run. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a really great choice. I'm really happy I've done it. And I think, um, yeah, I, I foresee a long future and it's something I'll be able to do forever, you know, which is exciting. Um, so this year though, like I really tried, like we were talking about with the whole COVID thing, I really tried to bring people together as more of a team, you know, they're all over the country. I've had, um, actually all over the world. I have had a few athletes in Australia and some in Europe. Um, and I coach, you know, mostly ultra runners, but some folks are just looking to keep their fitness, um, and work on trail running or even just regular running, um, I, array of ages. I have people from, you know, like in their twenties to in their sixties. Um, and then I've had a few like obstacle course race athletes too, that are looking to increase, um, you know, their speed and endurance in between obstacles. Um, so this year I really tried to, you know, with COVID try to make people feel like they're engaged still. Um, so we've done a bunch of like zoom calls with the team, you know, we do like try to do like coffee call or happy hour call. Um, and then I've brought on Hillary, you know, to help a little bit with folks that are getting injured because it's hard. I think, um, at long, you know, doing it remotely, but I think she's been a big asset for some people as a, a PT. Um, but I've been trying to bring in other folks, you know, to do these calls that they can, you know, learn from like Hillary. Um, I actually personally work with, um, like an athletic therapist, basically her name's, uh, Danielle Snyder and she's wonderful. She was the last person I just had on to kind of talk about motivation and being an athlete in 2020 and, you know, how to, what does that mean? Um, so kind of fun, different things that hopefully people are, are learning from, you know, as, as part of the the Kai's running team. I don't have a really good name for my, <laughs> my coaching team. So if anybody has any ideas, feel free to <laughs> send them over. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And I, I think, um, I hope the athletes feel the same, you know, I get good feedback, but we'll see. That's, that makes sense to surround, surround yourself with some experts yeah. across, across disciplines and you're just offering a full, the full package of services. Yeah. I mean, cause I, you know, like as, um, an athlete myself, you know, competitive athlete myself, I can help there and, and coaching, but right. I'm, I, you know, and as a nurse, I do have some medical background, but I'm, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a doctor. Um, my mom is a dietitian, so I do kind of reference her, you know, for certain, um, things if needed, but right. Like you should have all those people in your corner, you know, if you're really trying to look at all aspects, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's very helpful for folks. And I guess one more thing on the coaching end, what's, so what's, I mean, I guess that's, yeah, that's the one thing that you mentioned that you're doing a little differently or bringing some of these experts. What's one thing in coaching that you see really common that runners are doing wrong? Anything new and different this year? Do you see anything? Is it the same old stuff, like not resting enough or hard days, not hard enough, easy days, not easy enough. Like what, is there no, something different like that we haven't heard or that that was more new to you that you've seen? Not really. You know, I think it is, it is, you know, everybody is so individual and a lot of folks, you know, I think runners where most of us are type a personalities kind of, um, you know, 
people that are search out a coach, you know, are amazing athletes to begin with, right? They're motivated. They want help. Um, they want direction, but they want to do it correctly. And I think, yeah, I think like runners, until you learn it yourself, sometimes you're not, <laughs> you, you don't learn. So I think people do like, they don't rest enough. I think one of the big things I see is that folks aren't eating enough, even, even male athletes too. Like, um, you know, I really try to harp on people to take in a lot of protein. Um, and I think people just don't see that, like you really need to be fueling for the activity that you're doing. Um, and a lot, like more than you probably think you need for sure. Um, it, it, that's probably the big thing. Cause if your body's not fueled correctly, you're not going to recover correctly. And, uh, you, right. You can push hard in your workout, but it's not going to do any good or, and, or you could re- run easy, but if you're not still fueling the machine, you're not going to, um, benefit from that either. So protein of choice. Um, well, you know, it depends like whey protein is huge, especially for women. Cause it has a lot of leucine content, which is amino acid we need for muscle rebuild. Um, and you know, so that's an easy one that you can like make a quick smoothie after your run with some like whey protein or Greek yogurt. Um, but yeah, anything really. So like for an athlete, my size, I weigh like 135 pounds. I should be taking in like close to 130 grams of protein a day, which is, a you know, quite a bit. Um, and I probably don't get that, (laughs) but it's also, you know, depending on where you are in your training, but I would always err on the side of more than less for sure. Good to get some coaching tips. Let's go, let's move into, so what did your race calendar look like this year? And now what's your, and and what is your calendar going to look like this year? Sure. Um, so I had a pretty exciting calendar that I was really looking forward to. My first race should have been at the hundred miles of Istria in Croatia back in April, um, which didn't happen, obviously. Uh, it's, that has been postponed until November. So the race will still happen. I don't know that I will make it. Um, the next race I was going to participate in was, um, in Italy that would have been today actually starting now I think <laughs> like Sorry, that's wait. another night night race you cut out which which race was Did that in Italy Lavaredo yeah so that would have that's to, that would have been today um and that's like a 6 p.m race start also so it's probably would have been like right now. I would have been lining up right now at the start line <laughs> um and then what did I have on the calendar next? I think, well, my goal was to actually go to Leadville to race Leadville this year. Um, so that would have been August 22nd. And then I was registered for the OCC um, at UTMB, which again, that's been canceled too. So I probably, I would have gone over because that's the 50K distance uh, of UTMB. I would have um, probably raced Leadville and then gone over and run that for fun. That was like a fun race. But yeah, that, that was my calendar. So that was, um, going to be a super exciting year. And now all those have been either postponed or canceled. Um, and I kind of, I don't think I'll race this year (laughs) and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, instead I have really 
gone back to running to run for fun, but I think my big goal this year is to do um, an FKT project that we could talk about if you want. Uh, yeah, fill us in. <laughs> so, so my uh, goal this year, which has been on my list for long time is to do the 46er supported record um which is so you know for folks that don't know in fkts you can have a supported a self-supported or unsupported uh record so for this uh supported record you can have you know crew they can drive you from trailhead to trailhead they can pace you they can uh mule your gear and um Last year, Ryan Atkins uh, set the new record for the men at three days and five hours and change. I can't remember exactly. Um, to do all 46 peaks over 4,000 feet here in the Adirondacks. So there's, it's about like 160 miles with 60,000 feet of gain with a good amount of bushwhacking too. So it's a, it's a big, big effort. Um, just recently, actually, like last week or two weeks ago, there's was a self-supported record completed. Uh, I think it was two guys, maybe three guys. Three guys that th- that through hiked the whole forty sixers. So that's and that's over like I think it was two hundred fifty miles or something, and they did it in six days and change. That's incredible um, how impressive. comparable the White Mountain forty eight and yeah the the ADK like it's so similar the times and I think the the records should like they translate pretty well. So yeah. for Ryan Atkins to do three days, seven hours is very similar to like the, the white mountains is three days and 14 hours or 12 hours, sure. something in that range. Sure. So yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, um, yeah. I mean, when you look at, you know, look at the breakdown of how, um, others have done it, like Ryan did it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just a certain way that makes sense that's the most efficient. And yeah, it's, you know, because is the white around the same distance, like running distance? Uh, I'm not sure. Supported. I'm not sure the numbers for supported, but okay, it all seems to, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just the numbers. It, I'm sure that someone could come along. It's just one of those really difficult, one, it's incredibly difficult. So to yeah. do that in one push for time is very very demanding and then finding a crew to do it and then the weather window and then making sure you're fit and ready there's a fair amount of variables to do something like that and then if you try to do it unsupported which we're starting to see all these unsupported fkt things Mm -hmm. happen which is you know string bean doing the long trail and he had some bad weather and he did it in uh, under just under five days which is yeah really impressive which makes me you know i know that the white mountains and i think that translates the the long trail to the white mountain unsupported it's all mm-hmm. sort of like in the same wheelhouse so someone i can see doing the adirondacks unsupported in a pretty quick like five days or under down the, at some point yeah i mean and, and same with the white mountains yeah yeah, I think it could be done. I mean, one of the guys that just did that unsupported record had never hiked the mount the white the uh, Adirondacks before, like never hiked any of them, <laughs> and went out and like did this. So you know, he was an athlete, but not a you know not familiar with the Adirondacks. Um, you know, growing up here and spending a lot of time in the mountains, I feel pretty familiar, but it's still an intimidating 
effort, you know, to, to plan for, um, it's, yeah, it's going to, it's right. You need to just have all those things kind of fall in line together at the same time, you know, no injuries, you know, good weather. Yeah. I guess the nice thing is, is that you at least have some recent data from Ryan and to see yeah. his, his route and things that he learned and like, you're constantly trying to, um, iron out all these kinks to make sure that you're as efficient as possible for these multi-day yeah. efforts. Yeah. And I feel feel really lucky like Jan Welford is a good friend of mine and he held the record for a very long time before Ryan went for it and um you know he helped Ryan take his record which is cool and you know so I really hope that um you know I will probably change my days so that Jan can help me <laughs> if I had to <laughs> um because some of those like bushwhacks and things that I haven't been on you know like I won't be able to do it by myself I'm going to need somebody with me I think to do it efficiently um and safely, depending on when it's happening, you know, if it's in the middle of the night and Jan knows those things well, I'd rather have him with me than not, for sure. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to be turned around squandering valuable minutes on something like that. Right. Let right. alone, I don't know, it can really do some damage to your psyche. What, um, so when, if everything is goes as planned with your training and in a perfect world, when would you do this? Would you try to capitalize on the light, weather, what's in your fitness? Where are you at? Yeah, I think, um, I will probably shoot for mid August, um, where, you know, good amount of daylight. Hopefully the bugs aren't too bad because we can get pretty bad, like black flies, mosquitoes, uh, deer flies, but mid August, hopefully things are all right. And it does depend on like, we've had really hot temperatures here, like everybody else. So, um, I mean, if it, if I had been planning on doing it last week when it was high eighties, I don't think I would have done it. Like my limit, somebody asked me yesterday what my limit is for temperature. And I, you know, like I could probably be all right at 80 degrees, you know, as long as there's enough water, it also depends on like how our summer goes here. It's been really dry. So like water sources are a little bit limited. Um, although, you know, doing it supported, one of the benefits of that is I could have people basically running in water for me, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I'd rather have it be pretty darn dry. However, you know, you want to be able to cool down in the rivers and if it's, if it's hot in August, it, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but you also don't want to do it if it's been raining for a week, cause it's just too, too slippery and muddy. And the risk then of injury is too high for me. I think, um, you know, with my ankle, I will say I've been dealing with a little bit of foot injury stuff lately, which is getting better. Um, but again, I, you know, not taking my own advice and doing my physical therapy and strengthening like I should have been on my ankle from, you know, my break last year, it's been bothering me a little bit. So hopefully that corrects itself here soon. If I, you know, not super worried, I think it's going to be fine, but got to stay on my strengthening stuff. So you've got your, um, supported 46er attempt, anything else past that? Or is that, do that and go from there. Um, I think I'm going to just do that and go from there. I think, you know, an effort like this is so huge. Like I'm going to be, you know, going to the well pretty deep for this. And my, you know, I'm, I don't want to have to worry. Like in the past, I have never done this because I was always, there was another event on the calendar, you know, a month later or two months later that, you know, I wasn't 
sure that I could be ready for. So at this point, without anything, you know, on the calendar, I think this is the perfect year for it. Um, but this sort of an effort, you know, it's like, it's going to drain me pretty well. And I know personally, after doing other hundreds, that it takes me, you know, six weeks to eight weeks to really feel like I can train again safely, you know, and be recovered. So um, I foresee, you know, if I do the 46, I foresee it being, I won't race again until the following spring, probably. You know, do fun stuff, but no, like. What other whispers of FKT attempts have you heard lately? Um, for, you know, other, for other people for the Northeast. Yeah. Um, I have heard there's somebody from Canada that would like to go for the long trail. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I think we all know who that is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's exciting. Cause the, you know, now that the bar's been set again, reset that there's definitely room. I mean, I bet string beans like, man, if we had, if he had some dry, that wet spell he had, plus he was carrying those rocks in his pack for the, for his cause. And yeah, uh, super impressive, super impressive. That guy has, um, certainly has a just insane athletic talent and skill for these yeah. multi-day things. So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I think everyone... It, there's room there's time on the table how much who knows yeah and i think the it's always exciting to see how close you can get that unsupported to the to the supported overall record right and i think um what i'm speaking who i'm speaking about is going to go for a support record um but it all depends on if the borders ever open up <laughs> too <laughs> um Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, what's going on in your neck of the woods with? I don't know. I I think so. I look at and we just talked. I just talked to Ben Thompson last week. He just did the uh-huh. Pemi Loop, and just listening to him, I thought that when Patrick Heron took it, that that would have really just bummed him out. But I had no clue his mental state, which was good to talk to him. That he, when he set the FKT at six oh six, and then Patrick Heron shattered it by like almost 20 minutes that Ben was like, cool. Like, I know I have more speed. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that Ben had that mindset mm-hmm. after he did it, that n- things weren't perfect. Sure. And that he left a lot of time on the table. And then for him to go again and do it early this season on a cool day when he was feeling okay, but not in his true mountain fit um, condition right. that, he can, that he thinks he can be in. So he thinks that he's left 20 minutes or something, 10 to 20 minutes on the table. So that's exciting. So fair enough that the Pemi loop, Pemi loop record is soft in the grand scheme of things that there's still elite mountain runners that could like demolish that record if they got the time and put the effort right. into it, that Ben could beat his own record, that Patrick Karen could beat his own record, that there's all these other people out there that I don't even know about that are really fast. I mean, think about Jordan feel that set the yeah. Prezi traverse and shattered that one. It's just everything get, keeps getting recalibrated and having these splits to chase and carrots mm-hmm. to chase can be really helpful too to make people realize that there's another gear or, or another mm-hmm. level that they can achieve. And again, for me, it, it's like I want to put in a hard effort on each of these, like the, Penny, the Prezi, the Pemi, and the Hut traverse 
and see where that all falls. Cause I've, I just, I don't know. I've never really timed. I've, I know that I have a lot of, I've never done a Pemi, I mean, a Prezi traverse for time officially. And I've sure. only done the Pemi loop really hard for time, like once or twice. And that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. So there's, I'm really interested in just personal, just the personal challenge this summer. Yeah. But with like water sources up in the air, we can't doing a hut traverse without hut access. You're certainly right. at a disadvantage, yeah. but it's still doable. You just find that cool, cool day where you're not mm-hmm. exerting yourself as much. And there's plenty of water sources along the way if you just pace mm-hmm. yourself. But I, I think that stuff, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I know that there's going to be a lot more efforts this summer than normal, but at the same time, there's the disadvantage of not having hut access. And right. um, if we're in a dry summer, the heat, just again, all the variables you want so that you yeah. can ha- make the best effort that you can get. Because Ben was completely right. If you go out and try to do a hard effort and it's just like 10 degrees warmer, I mean, I'd love to nerd out on the numbers about how much that yeah. percentage wise is going to slow you down in the high humidity when you're losing water yep. and you're, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you really need to be smart about this stuff. And I think in the past it's been, I've had a hard time with being patient and a lot of people do too, because they see someone went out and did yep. a, a big day and makes you want to go out and do a big day. It's inspiring, but it's almost to a fault where you just need to be like, that's where a coach comes in. It's like, Nope, you're not doing it. You got to <laughs> wait, be patient. We're going to like approach this with, um, with a plan. It's true. I think, um, you know, I look at for most of my athletes, they come to me with a goal of a race, you know, six months away. Right. Um, but like I, I try to look at their training in a year to plan, you know, you, you need to look at it in the long term. Most of us get into running cause we love it and we don't want to, burnout after three months. Right. And, and most of people I find, you know, they do a race, then they want to do another one. So it's not like that's it for people. So it's, um, yeah, you gotta look at things right at the big picture for sure. Yeah. Cause I fall, you know, victim to it too. Like even my own, like excitement about getting out and trained like for the 46, it's like, okay, I can't go out and just crush myself every day because <laughs> I don't recover. But recovery is key. Well, cool, Sarah. Thanks. Um, wrap this up. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Yeah. It's just fun to talk and catch up. It's been, been a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Work and, uh, give me a couple plugs for Kai, the Kai's, the Kai's, uh, Kai's (laughs) the limit. Like you can have that one. (laughs) All right. There we go. Um, so people can find me like my website is Sarah runs S A R H R U N S.com. Um, and then I'm on Instagram, Sarah Kai's underscore runs. And I think that's my Facebook too, actually, but I don't use it that often or they can email me Sarah Kai's at Mac.com. So excellent. Well, yeah. come, come and train. I know over I need to get over there and come up see here. You guys and- and try. I mean, I, you know, I've had the, the Prezi. I've never done a Pemi, actually, which is on, also been on my list for a long time. So I really want to do that as well. It will come up for so. a whole camp when things, yeah. um, provided <laughs> you're healthy, I'm healthy. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be a good time. All right. Well, take care and stay healthy. Um, and we'll chat again soon. Sounds great. 